Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carry Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I hope you're all really well. It's been a bit of an exciting week this week because I'm based in the UK and lockdown restrictions are just about lifting, which is, it feels very, very exciting. But I hope you're all very well. On the back of not last week's episode, the podcast episode before, it's not weekly, it's fortnightly, I did a live consultation episode with a six-month-old and Lucas and his mum Emma and it was really really informative I had so much feedback from you guys about how much you enjoyed it how helpful you found it so I thought it might be a really nice idea to do a series of podcasts focusing on um, sleep at a certain age so today I am going to be talking to Amy she's a mum of Remy who's 12 months old and I have a feeling his sleep is a little bit unsettled or maybe a lot I'm going to find out in a second and we're going to do exactly the same have a live consultation together and always I hope you find it useful and um, reassuring. Hi Amy, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thank you again so, so much for giving up your time and coming to talk to me. I know it's a, a big ask, I know you're probably very busy. Um, you've got, is it uh, Remy or have you got two children? I've just got Remy, yeah. Just Remy. Cool, and how are you? Let's start there, that's always a good place to start. Yeah, good. I mean, a bit tired. (laughs) (laughs) I think most parents I talk to are tired. And how are you feeling about, I feel like we can't record a podcast episode and talk today without mentioning the the lifting of the lockdown restrictions. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, really, really excited. Although also a little bit like, you know, my baby was born the week lockdown started and I can't can't really work out what it's going to be like um, parenting outside of lockdown. I can't imagine being able to go to the pub. Gosh, that's so scary. I remember having my first baby on the in sleep, not my baby, but in sleep service, who was born in lockdown and it felt such a huge thing. Um, it's bananas when I think about it and the world in the last 12 to 15 months, it's bananas. I actually think a podcast episode on parenting out of lockdown and um, just getting out and about, I think might be useful keep that in the back of my mind but you're not the only one anxious about it I was saying before we had a chat before I'm really excited about being back in the office and seeing friends and family again and just getting a little bit of normality but at the same time I'm super anxious too it's really weird yes really weird anyhow enough about lockdown let's get on to what we are here for sleep talk talking about sleep so tell us a little bit about Remy he's 12 months old yep He's 12 months old. Um, his sleep has always been a little bit all over the shop. Um, but um, we'd got into a really good place when he was about seven months old, where he started sleeping through the night from uh, until about half five in the morning. And then about six, seven weeks ago, he started nursery. And since then, his sleep has, um, his night sleep has really, really struggled. So he's awake in the night, often for up to three hours. Um, and quite distressed and yes yeah, sometimes he's he was self-settling before now he's needing a lot of support on some nights and it's yeah it's kind of all over the shop again yeah the sleep shop I call that I'm <laughs> writing down these notes to talk about I just I think um, this is going to be completely tailored to you and Remy Amy but I do think it is just worth talking generally about big changes at 12 months I don't believe if been listening I'm sure you know this Amy and for anybody that's listened to me for a while I don't believe sleep infant sleep is static or straight line it's constantly changing and fluctuating because your babies Remy your babies are constantly changing so what works for them their sleep needs their nap needs constantly changes and that can feel really scary and overwhelming um to know that it is constantly changing because constant change can make us feel a little bit out of control but 
but to some degree there's we can't stop them from growing and developing and neither would we want to um and but I don't believe in regressions at set age it's just that sleep changes and the biggest things around the 12 month mark are exactly what you just said some a lot of babies at this stage not all but a lot are going into childcare. parents returning back to work or going back to work starting work um they're going into childcare, and the other one is that there's often quite a big period of change which i'm going to come to in a second and then the other one is quite often that there's nap transition they again i don't believe that by 12 months all babies are capable of doing one nap a day but for a lot a lot of babies are thinking about that transition and that can be a bit of a sleep straddle whilst we're doing that so quite a few big changes and then also 12 months you've also got lots of physical things going on for them lots of learning developments going on they might be learning to walk pull themselves up so for cruising cock cruising we're talking about that a lot yesterday they may start chatting a little bit more so there's lots and lots going on around the 12 month mark um, yeah. and it's completely normal as you just said in Remy's case going to nursery how's he settled into nursery yeah, so he really loves it now when he's there, which is really, really great. Um, comes back absolutely knackered. Yeah, and hungry. When I used to be, I don't know if you know my background, I was a nanny for 20 years. And quite often that would be a big part of my job, getting them settled into nursery alongside mum or parent. I was always the one crying outside the nursery gate. <laughs> I was awful. And they do, they come out absolutely shattered and often very, very hungry they spend all day doing what they do best playing <laughs> living their best life I think yeah um, I am really happy to hear that he for both of you actually for you and for him that he he loves nursery he settled in really well that yeah. can take time and, and definitely is... a relief because of you know of lockdown and not seeing as many people it was really relief to know it hadn't damaged his ability to socialize yeah yeah must be really overwhelming for like think how overwhelming it is for adults I mean I'm not back in the no. office full time yet but I've only been in a couple of I've come in this morning and next week I'll be going back full time I just noticed that the world is so noisy people are so noisy you get yeah. so caught up in your little lockdown bubble don't you yeah just over there and I'm not a quiet person it's funny um but yeah starting nursery it is a really big and every baby is completely different so some will start their nursery transition they will be absolutely fine they it has no impact on their sleep where for some babies it can take time to transition into nursery as you found out Amy it can impact their sleep it is usually temporary like most time comes up so much in my practice on the pun here time and time again and it does usually settle by itself however I think if you it sounds like you've been super patient you've, you've given it a good six or seven weeks chances are there are some changes that we can make with care of course that could help get you back on track and I'm really hoping to go through those today how does that sound yeah that sounds perfect thank you cool well, just before we start making my suggestions and, and going through the consultation, I just want to double check, as I always do as standard here before working, it doesn't matter whether I'm, whether it's a podcast, we're working together, it's a paid consultation, it's always the same format. I want to, A, make sure there's nothing we need to take into consideration first. Then I never like to assume to presume how much you know about me, my approach, infant sleep in general. So always happy to answer any questions, Amy. Anything you've got, throw them at me. And then the last part of the session today, we all start going through naps. To some degree, naps, we have very little control over because he's at nursery and we may have to just it's hard but surrender to that and let that go but there are yeah. things we can definitely do at home that make a difference great cool so let me just double check he's 12 months old and yeah. just trip, triple checking no weight concerns no reflux no allergies he's in good health and nothing i need to be aware of yeah nothing he's perfectly healthy amazing i'm not medically qualified always going to be honest and upfront about that i work with the biological side of him sleep which is completely different and the really good news for Remy I love that name Remy there's absolutely nothing we need to take into consideration for him I feel whatever's going on is 
biological and that's good news and I really feel I probably say this every time but I really feel as a practitioner we have as practitioners have a duty of care to stay in their scope of practice and if at any it doesn't matter where I was talking to you it doesn't matter where I was in the process if I felt it was outside my scope of practice it was medical matter I, I it wasn't my area of expertise I would always help help you to find support with somebody that was more qualified or more experienced to help you but I really don't think that's the case which is good um he is he in nursery full-time Amy yes he's just he was in nursery three days a week and he's just gone to um five days a week from five this days week. five days a week and that's all day not split sessions yeah, yeah nine till five amazing because that will definitely have an impact it'd be good to know that so that um just it's nice I'm one I'm quite nosy I like to know everything like <laughs> families and people fascinate me also that would be really helpful to know that well when it comes to making decisions and then the other couple of things I need to know is where is he sleeping or not sleeping at home uh so at home he sleeps in his cot and is that in your bedroom in his, and nursery? That's in his, in his own bedroom yeah has he been in there a while or is that um quite a recent transition yeah he moved into <laughs> his own room about five months ago i love that he moved into his room i can just imagine them packing up all their stuff and moving in <laughs> a little baby bag <laughs> yeah um so he's in his own bedroom and feeding is that all going okay solids he's on three meals a day he's doing yep, okay there he loves yep. his food yeah Great guy after my own heart. <laughs> Who doesn't? I don't trust anybody that doesn't love yeah, their right. food. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? That's all I can think about. Um, okay, is there? And what are you hoping to get out of eating today? I guess uh, some confidence in that we're kind of doing the right thing for him, and that we're kind of supporting him in the right way. And I mean, I just, I'd, lo I'd love for him to be. I feel like he isn't sleeping his biological best in that he's he's so distressed bless him when he's up for that long in the night that I just want to kind of make sure that he's getting enough sleep overall yeah no that makes total sense I absolutely love a plan I plan every single day and if it's not on my plan it doesn't happen and yeah. most parents really love a plan I like to have clarity and a plan so it's always good to know before we even start talking what we'd like to get there I do think your aims of this session are completely realistic um first and foremost I'm always about reassurance I'm always going to reassure you first and as you know I'm all about supporting babies to their biological best if you haven't heard me talk about biological best I'm not going to go into it now because I really want to concentrate this session on you Amy but for anybody listening that hasn't heard me talk about biological best before my approach isn't about pushing them to join the sleep through crew or sleeping through the night unless some do it on my approach because they're ready but it's not about pushing them to do that it's just about getting them to the best and make sure they're getting enough for them and what I'll do is I've got a really comprehensive blog on this on my website and I'll pop that in the show notes because I don't want to take away from um, this session because it's all about you Amy and the other thing is is I just one of the biggest things yes I love getting supportive parents to get more sleep I absolutely love it but one thing that really makes my heart so happy is sharing that confidence I call it the care it out confidence and it makes such a difference it's it's not that you need my permission to do anything because you never need anybody's permission to do anything ever you're your baby's expert you know Remy better than anybody else and what he needs but having that confidence in what you're doing I think I just think that's gold that confidence yeah. and I'm definitely here for that as well and then it just again reassurance lots of parents I think this is a really parents worry and telling parents not to worry I think is really unfair because it's natural completely natural to worry and one of the common really common worries that I see time and time again on Instagram on Facebook in practice is are they getting enough sleep and two things here is one chances are that he is getting enough sleep it might be not be as much as you feel that he should be getting because quite mm -hmm. often 
those guidebooks and like the baby books and the sleep tables are often wildly unrealistic, which is why I don't tout them about because not every baby is going to have high sleep needs and meet those tables. And if you're looking at them and thinking, oh my goodness, my baby isn't getting that amount of sleep, again, it's normal to worry and panic they're not getting enough. And then actually there's three things. Then the other thing is, is even though I work with very, very tired, sleep-deprived parents, um, and I'm talking more about in my private practice here, um, I work with anywhere between four and six families a week. Most of those families that come on to a sleep service are absolutely exhausted. Like they are um, on their knees with exhaustion. That's why they've reached out for help and support. Um, but it's very, very unlikely that they are at that point where it's chronic sleep deprivation that's going to start impacting their um, child's development. It is a possibility, but it's a very, very slim possibility. And in my years of doing this, I've worked, I don't know it all because you're always learning, but I've worked with babies and families for over 20 years now, and I've never seen the lack of sleep have an impact on their development. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really reassuring really reassuring and I do think some um some uh, some books and some approaches will really try and it's part of that sleep shame that if you don't sleep train you're going to damage impact their development it's yeah. normal for babies to wake up at night it's got to be a balance of everybody in the family but it is normal for them to wake up and um there's a big difference in fragmented sleep where they're waking frequently and sleep deprivation it is very rare that I would meet a parents maybe absolutely on the brink of sleep deprivation but not enough for babies to impact their development and the other thing is to check if they're getting enough look at them if he's got plenty of energy during the day he's eating he's a guy on the go he's living his best life most of the time chances are he's getting enough sleep that's good it's good to know. I think that's reassuring um but yes I do think your sleep aims are what you'd like to get out of this session are realistic and I think what we would like what I'd really like to do now is a ask you any questions and then get cracking with making some suggestions so did you have any questions or anything else you would like to discuss Amy no that sounds good no no questions at all no I don't think no. so amazing maybe they'll come up as we talk so what I'd quite like to do yeah. is go through his so the the at the moment is is it every night he's up for a good chunk of time I would say it's at the moment about nine times out of ten he'll be up so most nights yeah guaranteed and how long is he up for it can really vary um on a good night, we can get I can get him to go down within about 45 minutes. And then on a bad yeah. night, it can be up to about three hours. Yeah. I call that a parent party, Amy, as you yeah. probably know, but it is not fun for you. Is he happy? Is he delighted with no, life? No, he is, he is not happy. He, you can, he desperately wants to be asleep. He'll be crying. Sometimes, okay. I, sometimes he'll be crying really hard. Okay, that's really, really tough and tiring. I've sent you loads of sleep solidarity. Some babies, when they have a bit of a parent party, split night or a wake period, are delighted with life at night time. And some are like and are raring to go, and some are up are, are upset like Remy. There's no right or wrong. Um, but from Remy's perspective, I he might not be giving you this impression, Amy, but I do think he wants to get back to sleep, which yeah. is why he's up, because he doesn't know why he's up. He's found himself not being able to get back to sleep. Yeah. And I think he's pretty frustrated at life at that time of the night because he doesn't know how to get there. My suggestion would be my whole approach. It's my approach isn't about having this magical formula or technique to get them back to sleep once he's woken up because you've probably already tried, chances are before coming onto this podcast, you've probably tried quite a few things to get him back to sleep quicker. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> most parents have tried everything at that point. <laughs> and they're not going to go back to sleep until 
they have had what it, it is whatever they need and that's why they're up at night time so my whole approach yes lots of families are chatting with me working we're working together we're chatting together because they want to look at the nights or they want to improve their nights but actually to improve the nights I like to say the the wake-ups at night time the parent party they're causing you a sleepless night Amy and Remy but they're not the cause of his sleepless night yeah. It's to do with the setup. So what I'd quite like to do now, if that's okay, is to go through his naps. I think it'd be yeah. handy to have a, a general chat about naps. I know he's at nursery, but yeah. we can go through that. Then look at his bedtime routine, how he goes down to sleep, and then what we're doing at night time. And I'm yeah. really hoping with with your with your plan, some new sleep suggestions, some practical and sensible suggestions to try, putting it into practice. I'm really hoping that nudges you to a more settled night's sleep that's all I ever want for parents <laughs> how does that sound yeah that sounds perfect cool cool let's go for it then so we start with naps yeah so his naps so it's a so his naps at nursery they only do one nap a day um so they all go down for their nap after lunch about quarter past 12 and he naps for an hour and a half there yeah. and then um if he's woken up really really early which he sometimes does sometimes um, it can be 4.45, sometimes can be 5.30. Um, I'll sometimes give him a little half an hour power nap before he goes to nursery because he's drooping so much. I can't keep yeah. it away. Um, and then when he's home with us, he normally has um, two naps. He has one nap at around nine o'clock-ish for about an hour and a half. And then he'll have uh, a 40 minute nap at around two o'clock. Yeah. So at home, you have a slightly different routine for his naps. Yeah. So yeah. we've kept him on, on the same nap routine we were, we were already on because he seemed so tired that we wanted to give him those, keep giving him those naps. Yeah, makes total sense. And it is completely normal for them to have a different nap routine at home and at nursery. It's yeah. normal, again, for normal, because parents worry that um, it's the wrong thing, it's going to mess them up. It, there is a possibility, not that you're doing the wrong thing or messing up, but, you know, but there's a possibility that that could have an impact. But the key yeah. thing is, do you notice that there's any difference to how he sleeps at night time at the weekend? Um, not really, no. No. So he will do this parent party split night or a long awake period during the night, regardless of whether it's a, yeah. a, a nursery day for him or a weekend day. Yeah. Yeah. And that's very telling in itself, Amy, isn't it? Because if it was yeah. something to do with the naps, it would change the night, if that makes sense. Yeah. OK, let's talk. I'm going to separate it out. I'm going to talk about naps at nursery first and then we'll do home naps. But I actually feel that naps at um, are pretty much nailed for him. I don't think whatever's going on at night time is coming from the naps. It is normal to worry that they're overtired all the time. And I definitely feel some of my content doesn't help with this. But I have noticed that overtiredness in the beginning when I set up my private practice, just so many parents coming through and it was just a case of looking at the naps. So I just got wise and thought, you know what, this information needs to be out there that this is the first thing I look at. Mm -hmm. And for some, it's a game changer. And for some, it's just not applicable because every baby's different. Um, and I think it is important to note that it's very rarely one thing. But on the whole, the most important thing when it comes to naps is A, that Remy is having a nap during the day, which he's doing every day, and he's getting enough for him. I don't believe at 12 months they've all got to nap at the same time for the same length every single day, or every baby's got to do the same thing because Remy is beautifully individual and he's not a baby robot. None of your babies are. Mm -hmm. So I actually feel that there's the main thing is he's having a nap and during the during the week at nursery, it's normal for them to have their own routine and be on the one nap a day. And if they're on one nap a day, the most important thing is, is that it's in the middle of the day ish, which it is for Remy. It's around like it's after lunch, 12, 15 ish. And the lunchtime nap doesn't need two hours long full stop some babies never sleep two hours at lunchtime it doesn't mean that 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 nap is void one and a half hours is a really cracking nap to be honest I think so nap, naps at nursery unless you've got any other questions about napping at nursery 
I think they're going okay. Yeah, no, I, I guess, yeah, the only thing, I was wondering if it was confusing him by having two different schedules, especially because he's now, sometimes he fights his second nap and sometimes skips it where he never did before. Um, so I didn't know if it, I was just confusing him by having a different schedule. I think it for me it's always important to look at the baby and I've worked with lots of babies who have a, a different schedule at home like it's normal for them to be able to keep going longer at nursery but a lot of it's not just all of them but a lot of babies find it easier to get onto one nap at nursery because it's so loud there's always something that, there's a distraction to keep them going where at home I'm not saying you're boring Amy at all because I know mm-hmm. you're not at all but it's there's less excitement and less going on at homes for lots of babies and then that also there's less distraction which means that they conk out a bit quicker yeah um yes there's a potent there's a possibility that he could find it a little bit difficult um but for anybody listening if if your babies are having a nap schedule at, at nursery and a different one at home and it's working for you I wouldn't necessarily change it. In Remy's case, though, Amy, I do think he is ready for one nap at home because he's okay. fighting the afternoon nap. And sometimes getting to a more second night sleep at night time or looking, especially when it comes to parent party or a spit night, it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation, what comes first, because he's only got a certain amount of hours that he needs in a 24-hour period his bed bank everybody's mm-hmm. bed bank is completely different and if he's napping during the day which he's still really feel that he's not ready to go to no nap whatsoever um that'd be very young not impossible but very young um the bed bank is then split into nap needs and night needs and he probably needs around well if he lasts on an hour and a half nap at nursery chances are he needs anywhere between one and a half to two hours that's his nap needs for the day and once he's got to that point he's not going to be able to sleep any more than that and if he does it could start to impact nighttime does that make sense yeah so sometimes it is about balancing out their bed bank i I really i work with instinct which is really tricky to explain to you amy because i sometimes don't understand it myself um but i i really don't think that his unsettled nights are coming because from the uh, two days a week it's only two days a week he has a morning nap like it's normal for naps to fluctuate so what i would say it's not uh, an impossibility but i think it's unlikely however for him if he is having it's normal that if he has that nap at 9 a.m he sleeps an hour and a half chances are that's all it's met his nap needs for the day and that's why he's fighting his afternoon nap does that make sense yeah it does so that's why I think he could be ready to transition to one nap at home um there's a couple of things you can do you could either because what could happen what could be happening at the weekend days is that he has that nap at nine ish he sleeps for an hour and a half so he's up but my maths is so bad so he's up by half 10 11 yeah. and then if he doesn't have an afternoon nap he's going all the way from mid-morning to bedtime without a nap and that could then have a, an impact on night time so there's a couple of things you can do you can either um cap that first nap at 30 minutes maximum mm-hmm. and then like you would have that power snooze in the morning on a nursery day mirror that go a quick 20 to 30 minutes around 9 a.m to keep him going until half one two and then his longer nap in the afternoon to trial that out and I think it's really important I think some lots of parents think that I've got all the answers and that it's just you're going to try something once and boom it's done like there is some degree of trial and error with this to find out what works for Remy and what all your babies, if you're listening. Um, so that's worth doing if that resonates with you. Yeah. Not the other option would be to take that lovely long nap he's doing at 9am and very slowly move it forward. So for the first couple of days, do you reckon he could get to 10am without needing a nap? Depends how early he's woken up. <laughs> yeah. And um, that can be a bit of a chicken egg cycle because they wake up early, need an yeah. early nap, then they finish, then they need to go to bed early. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could definitely try and push it to 10 a.m. Yeah. It, I have a feeling what would 
again, I don't know him. You're his expert. I, I don't know anything about him other than he sounds very, very lovely. But I have a feeling, and he's got a good name, but I have a feeling capping that first nap is likely to work better. Okay. Because A, that's what you do when he's at nursery anyway. He'll have a quick snooze in the morning. Yeah. But I do think he does need that. Sometimes he does need that nap. And pushing it later, I think he's, he's just going to get a bit overtired. I'd probably wait until he can make it to 11, 11.30. And then once he's at that point, call it one nap a day. And then once yeah. he's there, push it, I think, later by 10, 15 minutes. Does that make sense? yeah and if I cap the if I cap the morning nap and the afternoon nap becomes longer do I need to cap that as well or no I would probably say anywhere like just in the back of our minds knowing that anything past 3 p.m can be a bit of a danger dose but it's not again my approach isn't precise or perfect that come 3 p.m that's it no nap he could probably sleep up till half three even for some babies I've even put down at four o'clock at this age, they can sleep until four, as long as you're happy with a slightly later bedtime. Yeah. There's no right or wrong. But yeah, between three and half three up. So if he went to bed at, say, half one, two, he'd probably, if we capped that first nap, chances are he would run out of puff, run out of steam a little bit earlier and would want to go to bed. Like, he'd go down for that nap a little bit earlier. He probably yeah. wouldn't get until two. Um, but that could help. Um, he, he would nap at like half one ish, and then he would do yeah an hour and a half, and he'd be up by three ish. Yeah, great. The other option would be to push that nap. I feel like I'm giving you lots of options, but I'm going to throw it all throw it mm-hmm. all at you. The other option would be to push that nap quite later, so he has like a, a almost like a cat nap at three p.m. for half an hour. Okay, that would be the other option. There's quite a few options there for you, Amy. <laughs> and I would suggest, I know that's probably quite confusing, but my suggestion would be to pick the one that resonates the most with you. What one does resonate out of interest? Um, I think capping the morning nap. Yeah. I You're his expert, and I'd never assume that I know him better than you do, but I definitely feel that sensible because it's mirroring what you do on some nursery days anyway. And it will help preserve that longer afternoon nap, hopefully, which is yeah. going to stay around a lot longer. I think that's sensible. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something really profound then, and it has just gone. I know what I was going to say. When you do try to do something, when we're making changes, I would recommend, I know you've picked the capping that morning nap. Um, sounds really super sensible. But my suggestion would be to stick, pick one thing and stick with it for at least three to five days before yeah. deciding whether it's working or not. Yeah, definitely. That's really important. It's a really good sleep suggestion is when you're making a change is to do it. It doesn't always happen instantly. It does take time to know whether it's working for him or not. Great. Super. I think I'm done for now. Did you have any anything else you'd like to discuss about now? any questions about naps no you're good yeah that makes sense let's have a quick chat about bedtime Mm -hmm. what time is he going to bed so he on nursery days we put him down a little bit earlier because he's so tired so he goes to bed around 6 30 and then otherwise we'll go to bed between 6 45 and 7 yeah amazing amazing and we'll come on to bedtime routine and bedtime boundary in a second Mm -hmm. Might end a note of those sounds short, but I am like I again, like most things on my approach, I don't believe that every single baby has got to be in bed by this time because again, it depends on the baby, and every baby is so very different. Um, one thing that I think the best bedtime for him, and also I don't believe that they've got to be asleep bang on that dot, he's got to be bang on asleep 6 45, 7 p.m. because again life with a baby especially when they're at nursery it's not precise or perfect and I would much rather instead of definitive definite times I would much rather talk about a going to bed window or a nap window does that make sense yeah so a a window for him would be between 6 45 and 7 one thing that I do think is worth mentioning 
I can never say that word mentioning is that it take, make, makes total sense that he is absolutely shattered when he comes home from nursery and will need to go to bed earlier because he's had a really busy day he's been around people it's it's for long he's tired he's ready for bed but for some babies if they go to sleep before 7 seven fifteen, what can happen is it's Yes, they'll go to sleep because they're tired, busy day and all that, but that then can have an impact on them. Um, they can either wake frequently or it can sometimes be a reason behind a bit of a parent party. Does that make sense? Because yeah. they go to sleep at 6.30, 6.45 and then it gets to, does your parent party happen near midnight? It can totally vary. So sometimes near midnight, sometimes it can be at 2am. Yeah. But it's always post midnight. Not always. Sometimes it's 10 p.m. Interesting. And if he wakes up at 10 p.m., would he still do the whole two hour partying? Yeah. Shabang. Yeah. I have a feeling he's running out of steam. His his sleep pressure, his peak okay. pressure is dipping because he's going to bed a little bit too early. Now yeah. he is tired. That's not me assuming I know him better than you do. You're telling yeah. me he's tired. He's coming home yeah. from nursery round as anybody would. I limp through the yeah. door after a day at work tired. And I'm an adult. Um and actually, a really good point about that is that we do want them tired enough. I think there's a lot of fear about getting them overtired or we mustn't let them get too tired. But again, it's not precise or perfect. Five or ten minutes in a 12-month-old baby isn't likely to break the bed bank or make a big difference. Um, and actually, we want them tired enough because without that, they're not going to go to sleep and they're not going to have a settled night's sleep. So it really is a fine line. It, it can be a real balance for some babies. But I thought that was worth worth noting as well so my suggestion would be very long term I think it's going to take a bit of time Amy and mm -hmm. my suggestion would be to go really super slowly because he is at nursery he is tired when he comes home but I, my suggestion would be very very slowly shift that bedtime window so instead of 6 30 to 7 it's 7 to 7 30. Yeah Okay. And I would just do it really super slowly, even on a nursery day. So, for example, um, and again, I do think that sense what I've often suggested um, putting them down earlier. Like for some babies, I would suggest getting them down at 6.30 and it works. So, again, I just want to reassure you've done nothing wrong. I've It's a very sensible suggestion. I've suggested my, that to many parents myself. I just don't think going early works for Remy if that makes yeah. sense one I think it's um might be behind the parent party but also I think it's why he's waking up early if he goes to bed at 6 30 yeah he's probably done he could be done he could have filled his bed bank by 5 a.m yeah I think I think it's a really good point as well about how their sleep changes need um how their sleep changes change as they get older because before he was going to bed at seven and he was waking up really early. So we moved it back to 6.30, which yeah. helped bump it. But I think as he's got older, then it's become it's become more of a problem in a different way. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I, I think that is a good point. And looking back, I mean, we never can tell for sure, but looking back, did the parent party and the seat changes start when bedtime was um, brought earlier? No, I don't think so. It was a couple of months after. Okay. I still feel that that is a really yeah. good point to, to raise. Thanks for sharing that. And I my suggestion would be to very slowly nudge the bedtime a little bit later. But I would, again, I can't stress this enough, I would do it so slowly. So yeah. I like movable goalposts. So to begin with, even on nursery days, just nudge his bedtime later by 10 minutes. So whatever happens, he doesn't go to sleep until 6.40. So you start bedtime routine and putting him down 10 minutes yeah. later. Then once you've done that for three or four days, because my whole approach is tiny tweaks over time. So make one tiny tweak or nudge. And this nudge is nudging his nap forward. If that makes it's bedtime later. Sorry. Yeah. And then once you're there and he's doing that comfortably and consistently for three or four days, give his body a chance to catch up. And it's, there's always going to be a period of adjustment. I think that's really important to know. This is care it out. It's not control crying, leaving them to cry, sleep training. But it's not a unicorn approach. It works because parents put the work in and there's often a period of adjustment where it does feel a little bit 
unfamiliar or a little bit uneasy to start but nine times out of ten just slowly nudging forward it brings everything um it settles and then you can nudge again and then once you can go to bed at 6 40 then you can do 6 50 for three or four days then seven yeah. so see, see where i'm going we're just constantly yeah. moving the goalpost until his bedtime is around 7 7 30 yeah yep sounds good Cool. Did you have? I think that's me done for bedtime. Do you think how, it'd be interesting? How do you think he's going to be on nursery days? Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think we're going to have to see. He because he's by the time by the time we get to bath, he started grizzling already because he's so tired. Yeah. Um. So I think we'll have to pull out some um stops to keep him yeah. happy and excited before bedtime and distract him. Yeah. And then start the calming bedtime routine yeah I just I'm so glad I told you to go really super like slow and steady even if you do it five minutes every three yeah. or four or five days like it's gradually nudging a little bit later and again it comes back to I don't want your baby any baby anybody not just babies but anybody upset crying nobody I think wants that but he's upset and crying at night time for quite a length of time so yeah. short term very slowly adjusting bedtime will hopefully move you forward I wouldn't I'm quite calculated in my suggestions I wouldn't have suggested that if I didn't think it was likely to help and sometimes working through that little bit of just not necessarily uncomfortable but it's just a little bit unfamiliar that is the key to moving a lot of families forward I think yeah. cool. so any questions about naps bedtime happy to move on to routine no yeah let's talk about bedtime routine and bedtime boundary so are you familiar with my bedtime boundary yes yeah cool and i'll put actually in the show notes my bedtime boundary uh podcast because again i'm not going to go through that now for listeners but very very briefly a brief sleep summary bedtime boundary is simply how you put your baby to bed and there's never anything negative about it it's not a bad habit it's not a rod for your own back you don't need to do anything like that um, that's it's nothing like that bedtime boundary will either work or it won't work and for some babies you can feed rock bounce do all of these things it doesn't impact their sleep where for some babies how they go to bed can really impact the stitching of the sleep cycles so I look at that last but again I'm very honest for some babies we definitely look at that but before we do that I'd just like to look at routine so bedtime routine and bedtime boundaries they are linked you definitely do them one after the other and just to add confusion into the matter sometimes bedtime boundary is part of your bedtime routine but just the prep step the routine that's what I see bedtime routine is, is that prep step so bath getting them ready um having a story getting them up to that point where you settle them to sleep how is that going hey do we talk through your routine and how do you feel that's going yeah um, yeah, I feel quite good about our routine. He's had the same routine since he was about four months old. So he has um, he has a cup of milk, then he has his bath, um, and then we dry him up in the bathroom, whisk him upstairs where he gets his fresh nappy pyjamas. He has his story time um, in the room, then I'll give him a lullaby and put him down. Uh, nappy and pajamas and then put him down which I'm going to come back to because put him down is very very subjective that is going to look put him down it's going to look different for every family so we'll unpack that in a minute but up until I love your bedtime routine so it's worked he's had it for a while so it's familiar great you've got a bedtime routine another great that the most important thing is that I think lots of parents worry that routine needs to be really 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 rigid and again you've got to do the same thing day in day out and you mustn't deviate from that even to the point where I've had families not wanting to change bedtime books even though they're bored of the books they're worried about doing it but routine to me just means rhythm and he's definitely got rhythm he's had the same routine for months he has his cup of milk he has a bath he enjoys his bath he goes upstairs he gets into his nappy and pajamas you have a story he settles down to sleep so if it's my approach if it ain't broken we ain't gonna fix it so is there anything in your bedtime routine that you'd particularly like to change or are you happy with it no I think you're right we're probably stuck where like I say the exact same words to him every time because I'm so scared of changing it so I think we probably need to relax a bit um so that we can swap in and out between me and my partner yeah 
it's hard again it's normal for you to worry it's worrying is a completely normal all emotions are valid but worrying is a completely normal emotion and it is uh, there's so much sleep you don't need me to tell you this but there's so much stress around sleep and you just want whatever you're doing at bedtime to work to get them to sleep and so that they have that settled night's sleep and I think I don't think this is what's happening with you Amy but for a lot of um families what I see quite a quite a bit is where the bedtime routine baby's grown from a new from four months to 12 months Remy has changed enormously and I do think his bedtime routine reflects that but some parents again not doing anything wrong or making mistakes get a little bit stuck in their routine and they're doing the same they're having a baby routine for an older toddler does that make sense yeah but I really don't feel that that is useful I actually feel that, um, I mean, you've said yourself that you want to relax a little bit more, change up the book, change up the songs, um, just give yourself, a, both of you, a little bit more breathing room in the routine. But on yeah. the whole, I think your routine is working for you. And I'm not going to come in. I never come in and just make changes for the sake of it. Good. Cool. So, yeah, any questions about routine? Should we talk about the biggie? Bedtime no. boundaries? Yeah. Right, all good. Okay putting him down then so tell me talk to me about what what does putting him down look like yeah so um normally yeah it's um giving him a lullaby then I'll, I'll kind of rub his tummy for a couple of minutes and say good night um and leave him in the room and uh what he was always doing is that he'd kind of he'd cry out for about a minute as he kind of got himself settled and then he'd kind of just moan a little bit himself to sleep for about five minutes and go down by himself. Yeah. Um, but now that happens about 50% of the time. Yeah. And about 50% of the time he'll start crying. So I'll go back in and then I will um, either kind of rub his back or tap his bum um, to get him to go to sleep. But I've definitely noticed that if I've had to do that, then it means that we're guaranteed a bad night. Yeah, makes sense. Again, I don't know him better than you do, but I have a sneaky little sleep suspicion that it is his bedtime boundary that's causing the parent party because we've checked his basics. We've gone through his naps. Yep, there's a few tweaks and never underestimate. Some small tweaks can make a really big difference, but on the whole, they're nailed. Bedtime routine, beautiful bedtime routine. I'm loving it. And the, the bedtime boundary to some degree is working. Like, I, I really do feel that he's... I, I don't push falling asleep independently, um, it, that, and it's not self-settling or self-soothing, but he, you're starting from a good place because he is falling asleep in the cot. That happens yeah. every night. He falls asleep in his cot. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I just have a feeling just a slight tweak to his support could make a really big mm-hmm. difference to how he sleeps. What I am interested in, does it... Does that resonate with you do you in how do you instinctively feel that about the wake-ups do you feel it could be linked to how he goes to bed yeah I definitely think there's a a link because I can see when I've had to give him more support then he's needed more yeah. support in the night yeah makes total makes total sense makes total sense okay well my suggestion would be like it is completely normal reassurance first because I'm always here for the reassurance as you know it is normal. I don't believe that they get to a certain way of falling asleep. So for him, he, he got to the point where he you were able to do your lovely bedtime routine, have a really big kiss and cuddle together, put him into the cot, leave the room. He was able to do that. And some nights, and I'm just triple checking, he is able to do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But some nights he doesn't. And then I think what happens then is that when he has that on the big parent party, he's just finding it harder to get on even kill. Does that make sense? Yeah. Trying to catch up with himself. So my suggestion would be, like, it is completely normal for them to, um, for, for, for how they go to sleep to change. Sometimes it can be different on the daily because they're changing. And again, just for reassurance, some parents really feel like that they're going backwards, that they've forgotten how to fall asleep. It can definitely feel like that for sure. 
but it is completely normal. Um, some nights they will, Remy is going to take longer to get to sleep. Some nights he might need more support to get to sleep. That's all completely normal. And it would, again, it'll depend on what's happened before that. So just wanted to reassure you with that. And then my suggestion would be, my whole approach is if they're asking for support, we're always going to support them straight away. Because if we didn't, chances are that he would just brew and brew and brew, go and go and go start crying even louder and then yeah. he's just getting further one it's just not nice for anybody to hear that it's not nice for him it's not nice for you he's getting further and further away from sleep and um, nobody can fall asleep from that dysregulated um state when they're crying and upset but also once he's got to that point he needs he can't self-regulate himself or this is really what self-settling is self-settling is the ability to calm yourself down once you've lost control of your emotions or what yeah. I call losing your shiz and even as adults we find that really difficult if we're upset crying we often look for friends family partner if we've got one to calm us down a drink some food a getting outside breathing we've got tools to help us and we can do it but it takes a lot of work but babies haven't developed their their brains haven't developed and they don't have those tools yet to be able to put in place to help themselves regulate and calm themselves down so once they've got to that point where they're crying they're upset it really is the end of the sleep street we've got nowhere else to go because he's not just going to go you know what I think I'll just fall asleep he's just going to go and go and go and he can't self-regulate he needs co-regulation from you to help him calm down so I think it's always okay to give him that but one big tip I would try and do is are you happy to leave the room at bedtime yes yeah he's used to that you feel confident yeah. doing that yeah amazing yeah. again it's all about that confidence and what you feel happy to so my suggestion would be to do your lovely bedtime routine I do you have a cuddle in there before you put him down into the cot yes yeah yeah a really big long good time on you yeah yeah have a really continue that really lovely cuddle I think it's a really boosts oxytocin boosts bond and help them settle it's a really good idea then put them into the cot calm but awake and then I would leave the room as usual usual because one yeah. you're used to doing that you feel confident B he's used to doing that and I think coming back into the room would probably confuse him a little bit it'd be like what you're doing here because he yeah. is used to you not being there and then once you're out of the room the bit, and it's such a small tweak but it can make a big difference if you come out of the room and he's in sleep space he's doing his little talk I call it tired talk when they're doing that yeah kind of, moaning off is that a good impression of Remy yeah that's Maybe. very accurate <laughs> they're like little dinosaurs and again some parents can interpret that as um oh gosh they're needing me they're asking for support but that's them do I call it tired talk that's them just having a little chat and getting themselves off to sleep I think that noise is really cute if it's doing that my suggestion would be to give him the practice and patience that time to put put himself to sleep which he can do if he gets upset my suggestion would be to, I, A, he's tired. B, we're trying to push bedtime later. So C, we're not going to have lots of wiggle room. Once he gets in there, I think he's going to go quite quickly. Yeah. So my suggestion, which can often feel quite counterproductive and carry it out often does feel really counterintuitive because so often we're told, right, we've got to give them time to settle. We've got to leave them to see if they do it or they'll never learn if we keep going in. Carry it out. It's the, it's the clue is in the name. It's the exact opposite of cry it out and my approach if they ask for support my suggestion would be to go in there straight away Amy you're probably doing that already but for anybody listening as soon as they start getting to that point where he's emotionally uneasy I would go in sooner rather than later yeah. one because I just think we don't have much room he's going to blow quite quickly I think otherwise but the other reason why is we've got more chance of getting him calm in his car a little bit awake before leaving again does that make sense yeah again don't believe can't stress this enough parents are never ever ever making mistakes or doing the wrong thing but quite often in practice it comes up time and time again time again but um that they're giving them that the baby the time to set up. and sometimes I would suggest that again it's that fine balance but by doing that they're just going up the scale and they're getting harder and harder to settle where I think the priority is just getting giving that support but try and leave and stop the patting just before he falls asleep again okay so yeah prioritize it we're giving him that support 
which is what he needs, I would, it's always okay to support straight away. And actually in Remy's case, I'd suggest as soon as that tired kind of noise goes to <laughs> in straight away, because I think you've got more chance of reassuring him, rolling, uh, going in straight away, reassuring him and getting out before he falls asleep rather than leaving it a little bit too late for him. And then he needs more support, more calming down. And he's not going to do that last bit himself. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what that looks like then, normal bedtime routine, big, big kiss and cuddle, into the cup, calm and awake, leave the room. If he's moaning, doing his little tired talk, night noises, dinosaur noise, whatever we call those. I love the names that people call that. Leave him to it because he's putting himself to sleep. And chances are he will. If he gets upset, he's emotionally uneasy, he's crying, he's asking for support. My suggestion would be, and you might already be doing it, but as soon as he asks for support, get in there. It's always okay when you're supporting on my approach to make eye contact and reassure them fully. I know some approaches are like, don't make eye contact, go in there sideways, like ninja crawling, mm -hmm. don't let them see you. But my whole, my whole approach is if we are reassuring them, we are fully present reassuring them and they know about it. So it's okay to walk in facing him, eye contact, put a hand on him, reassure him with a little sleepy sentence. You're okay, Remy, mummy's here, it's sleepy time, you're safe or whatever something, find something that feels good for you and rolls off the tongue. Give him a little pat until he's almost asleep again, but not quite. But mm -hmm. the, the nudge here is before he falls all the way to sleep would be to come out again, even if you need to repeat that a few times. We're yeah. just gently nudging him to do that last little bit of falling asleep himself. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think you're so, having spoken to you and, and unpicked what putting him down looks like, I think you're so close. It, again, it's such a small change. Yeah. But that small change could make a big difference because you were doing you're doing it the biggest change is instead of going in when he cries and supporting him all the way to sleep yeah just gently nudging it so he gets that support a little bit sooner we're supporting him we give him the little bum part the bum drum or whatever is giving is is soothing him and settling him but just before he falls asleep we leave the room so we're always nudging him to do that last little bit of falling asleep himself and I have a feeling I really I'm saying a prayer up to sleep was now that makes a big difference yes great cool any questions about bedtime routine bedtime boundaries no so when so if you get him to almost asleep um I've tried before is then he gets really angry when you when you try and leave again and I think that's probably where I've, I've given up before yeah so is it just doing it over and over again and calming down until he's in that space yeah. and he will eventually do it himself yeah yeah kind of like giving in I think that's so, like language is so important and it certainly feels like we're giving in doesn't it Amy when we go in and we need to help him all the way to sleep giving him giving I don't believe that we ever give in to them we're just giving them what they need in that moment and when you're trying this for me my approach is very much about it is a practice and it's about practice if you start doing that and it is taking too long and he's getting more and more upset then I would pat him all the way to sleep yeah. and leave but I would try and keep that as simple as possible so if you're patting try and keep it to a, um, hand and try and not sing if you can like the um some babies the more simple you keep that the bedtime the more easier it is to find their sleep if that makes sense at night sleep yeah. cycles together however if he does get like again it comes back to this is care it out not no control crying leaving them to cry nothing like that but quite often when we are making a change at bedtime um it there is going to be that period of adjustment again where it feels unfamiliar it is going to take him much longer he might be not necessarily crying but a little bit like hey you know sh share his emotions with you hey what's going on I'm I'm not keen on this and my suggestion would be you are always in control and in charge of my approach. If that is really not working for you and you feel uncomfortable, that is always very telling. Listen to your instincts and stop. But if not, it is normal for parents to go around that. So like repetition comes up time and time again where you would go in, get him calm until he's almost asleep, leave again. And he may get a little bit upset or uncomfortable. He might cry. I'm always very honest. I can't guarantee my approach is going to be fear free but what I can guarantee is that if he asks for you you're just going to go straight back in there does that make sense again yeah, yeah. Um, 
yes my suggestion would be to repeat around it it is going to take repetition that can be part of it again a lot of parents are so close to doing what they're doing uh, and getting there it's just about accepting that it's going to take time and that there is going to be a bit of repetition and usually that is what moves families forward because he very slowly starts to realize actually yep I can put my do that last little bit of falling asleep myself that will help with the nights so he's less disturbed at night he's more settled at night time which then helps on with the night with the day hopefully he'll sleep a little bit later during, in the morning that has a knock-on impact at naps then again he won't be so tired come bedtime so he's more able to um you're more able to get him to sleep with that support does that make sense yes yeah and again i think life is often such a fine line isn't it it's I don't want them upset ever. I I just I've got no tolerance for tears whatsoever. I'm fully honest about this whatsoever. But we can't always mute them. We can't always stop that. And sometimes three or four nights of doing that, where you're going straight back in, you're there. You don't need to leave until he is nearly asleep. Like yeah. start really slowly. Um, but sometimes doing that is what moves you forward. And again, I, it, sleep is so subjective. I would call that really super gentle because every time he asks, you're going yeah. back in, you're staying with him until he's calm, almost asleep, then going again. He may get upset when, as you're going out of the door or when you're out of the door straight away, but I would just come straight back in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, great. And usually it's, my whole approach is very intuitive. If you feel that it's just not going to work at night or you feel that it's gone too far, it isn't working, pat him all, get him all the way to sleep. And then we can start, you know, we can try again another day. Again, I don't believe you are ever quite a nice way to end this, but I, it comes back to that giving in. I don't ever believe we're undoing anything, giving in, um, failing. It's just, you need to do whatever's going on in that moment the best thing in that moment for everybody and sometimes that is you know one night that he does need patting all the way to sleep and again it's not going to break your bed bank great you just come back to it the next day yeah how do you feel about that how do you how do you think he's going to respond yeah i feel good yeah i think it definitely and um, yeah it feels like it's um you know it's a bit trial and error and going really really slowly yeah yeah I think it's good for him yeah slow and steady I believe any yeah. progress is progress and the other if that doesn't work the other thing you could try and do would be to to uh, this it might be useful for me to share for people listening I think this would be a last resort with you um Amy because I wouldn't want him to get into the position where that became his new normal and then he needed holding to sleep because mm -hmm. I think the main thing at the moment is that he is falling asleep in his bed in his car and that is going to give him the best chance to stitch those sleep cycles together um, but if he does need a bit more of a longer cuddle before getting into the car like if you just if you know that he's ex he's just exhausted he's come home from nursery he just needs to get down you can, what you can do is take that support and really um shunt that support down you stick to your normal bedtime routine you hold him but you hold him until he's a little bit more drowsier put mm -hmm. him in the car leave come back as soon as he asks for support pat or stand by and put a hand on him until he's almost asleep but not quite leave because i still even though they're really tiny changes in time they can still move you forward yeah yeah great you can always wiggle things around oh so no questions about routine or bedtime boundaries and you you feel confident with that you're happy with yeah what I suggested. yeah yeah feels good good it's got to feel good it's got to make sense I'm really passionate about that and it, you've got to be happy with your suggestions otherwise it's going to be very difficult to put anything in place I think yeah cool and then the night times did you want to have a quick chat about the nights yeah yeah the nights he is he crying when he wakes up yes yeah okay my whole approach we've kind of like come full circle now is about setting up the stitching of the sleep cycles when he is um from what's going on in his day so I do feel even if it takes time and you go super slowly very slowly working on him doing a little bit more of the work himself at bedtime I think is going to help with the nights the other thing that is worth mentioning is does he have when's he having his dinner 
Um, at nursery, he has dinner around half four and then we'll um, give him a little snack when he gets in. Cool. No, that makes sense. My suggestion would be to rule out hunger at nursery. Yeah. He's definitely eating something at nursery, but 4.30 yeah. is very, very early. And chances are he isn't, he'll, he's having something because the nursery's telling him he's having something. But it's early and he might not be eating as much as he would do if he was having a um, dinner at home. Yeah. And I, from my personal experience, they come out of nursery absolutely starving. And he was very likely that he might need a pickup snack when he comes out of nursery. Yeah. I'd offer him a little something. And it might also be worth making that little snack into a more substantial snack when he comes home. I'm not suggesting you need another dinner because that's bananas at 5 p.m and my role isn't to add more pressure to you but I think I would try and make more of that snack so it's more of a supper snack rather than a little something to tide him over yeah so that's one thing um and that can again it's very rarely just one thing or one magic solution but that could be very helpful that everybody sleeps yours as well and um for Remy's and then at night time if he I've mentioned before that it is about setting up teaching of the sleep cycle so if he's waking up and he's crying my suggestion would be at that point there's not much we can do because he's up because of what's gone on in his setup so my suggestion would be to go in and try and mirror what you do at bedtime okay yeah if you can um but if he's really needing some support and he needs you then my suggestion would be to stay in the room when you're in the middle of a party we can't prevent it from happening once it's happened if that makes sense we can't stop it can't stop the party once he's partying but my suggestion would be to keep it calm and dark as possible and hopefully everything we've gone through today will help yeah but everything crossed yeah Gosh, that time goes quickly, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Very, very quickly. Did he wake up in that, Amy? He did. He was so sneaky and quiet, he didn't even notice. Gosh, I didn't even hear. I didn't even hear you move. You're like, yeah. Yeah. We did a, a sneaky wave, and then I came upstairs. I love it. I love it. This is your final chance to ask me anything. <laughs> no, I think he covered everything. We're good. Amazing. I'm pretty thorough. I'm pretty pedantic when chatting I know I can chat a lot um but I also like a like to get to the point and I like a plan and I like to cover all those points I think it's really important yeah great cool well Amy thank you so so much for giving up your time no thank you it's all it's always about you everybody listening it's about you um thank you for giving up your time and coming to talk to me did, uh, did you find it reassuring and useful? Do you feel you've got a plan out of it? Yeah, super useful. Yeah, I think I've got lots of hints and things to go away. Good, amazing. And yeah, will you let me know how you get on? Yeah, definitely. That would be amazing. Well, thank you very much. Have a lovely afternoon. And I will hopefully hear from you soon with some, some sleep news, news news. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep dollar Until next time.